you are listening to the Beatcast. Hey everybody, it's Monday, and I'm back in the building. I'm always in this building because I live here. It's actually Monday the 2nd. It is the VCast. I am your host, Vic Cedena. We are back with another episode. I hope you enjoyed the last one. I had my buddy Clint Esposito come through, and we sat down and talked all kind of good stuff. That was a fun episode. I like having guests, but sometimes... I like just to chop it up by myself. I like the convenience of being able to come downstairs and spit all over this microphone. No, I'd like to spit some stuff that's on my mind. And um, you know what? I wasn't going to come down and do something. I was actually going to post an old podcast. I was going to post an old podcast. I have a podcast um, that I haven't released yet that I recorded. It's my year review. I did a 2019 year review and I sat down and I went through my whole comedy calendar and I went over all my shows and um, set some goals and I still haven't released that yet because I actually was going to release that. It was going to be episode 24 and I was going to release it and then the Kobe Bryant thing happened and I made, you know, I switched it up. I didn't, you know, I just wanted to do something different. So I, you know, the Kobe Bryant thing, I, uh, you could watch that. It's episode 24, had a really deep, profound effect on me. Uh, not because I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan, because it was the death of all these people. And it was the sudden impact of that death that um, just made me think about things differently. And uh, I wanted to record. And I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about uh, the depression that it sent me into uh, because I, you know, I have this thing where I think about these deep, dark, morbid thoughts. And, um, it just, it sat with me wrong. Uh, that was one of my, that's one of my biggest fears is leaving my family early, uh, like my father did. And, um, I didn't want, uh, to fester in that for so long. So I thought maybe talking about it would help. And it did talking about it did help me, uh, getting that stuff out there, getting a little bit perspective, sharing that with other people, other people providing feedback to me, also is really, really helpful. Um, you know, so if I ever say anything that even resonates with you or you think about and you want to talk about it, I'm always down to chat. But um, ah, that's such a it feels like such a long time ago compared to how I feel now and um, certain changes I made. I talked to I talked about it with Clint. Um, so you could check that out if you want me to go more deeper into it. Uh, just uh, cleaning my life up. Um, I am completely sober for a couple weeks now, Uh, not self-medicating. And um, it's not that I don't want to go back to uh, enjoying life. I just need to prioritize things right now. And I need to focus and I need to be disciplined and I need to uh, make sure that I'm doing all the things I need to do to hit my goals. So I'm doing like this whole revamp of my attitude and, um, uh, I don't know about so much about me. Yeah, my attitude. I just had a shitty attitude. I've had a shitty attitude for a very long time. And the attitude I'm talking about is the fuck it attitude. Um, just saying fuck it or um, thinking I have time. That's another thing. I, I would always delay going to the gym. I would always delay starting to diet. I was always delay um, writing. I would always delay because I always feel like I have more time. 
And if the Kobe situation taught us anything, it's that we don't know how much time we have. So we got to live life like it's like every day is the amount of time that we're going to put into everything. So I'm trying. I'm trying to do that. Um, some of the things I've been doing is I'm back to meditating in the morning. Um, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. I am taking a shower. I am brushing my teeth, um, going out in my robe. And before I drink coffee, before I look at my phone, before I do anything, I sit down, I meditate for 10 minutes on the couch, um, just focusing on my breathing. I have a meditation app called Insight app. Um, and it's very helpful. It plays like a nice little beach sound. I feel like I'm on the beach on vacation. The waves are washing over me. It's got this dung, dung, like the undertaker's coming out to pile drive me. Um, but it, it's all about just focusing on my breathing and slowing things down. You see how fast I just ripped off this last four minutes. It's because that's how my mind is racing, racing with thoughts, racing with pollution in my head. Um, so that morning meditation is slowing everything down, focusing on my breathing, emptying my brain. And I've been getting all that out. And I've done meditation before and I've, you know, I did a month challenge that I failed miserably, never posted the blog um, or did I post the blog? I don't remember, but I have the blog somewhere. So if I didn't post it, I'm going to post it just to embarrass myself. But uh, the point of what I'm trying to say is the, also the routine, the meditation. And then another thing I added is um, now I'm writing in the morning, I'm journaling. So every day I'm just taking a page taking a page out of Joey Diaz's book and I'm writing today is a beautiful day to be alive. I start with that and then I just start talking about what's on my mind, what I'm thinking about, what I want to accomplish, how I feel and putting it on paper and having that that stream of consciousness. The fact that I'm sitting down and taking the time to think about these things and analyze what I'm doing is uh, for me holding myself more accountable, which is dope like accountability is the biggest superpower that you can have when you're the person that's in control um well, i wouldn't even say control but when you're the person that's responsible for your life and not anyone can uh there's no one that can affect your life there's no one that can do things that um that you can't take accountability for like everything is your responsibility and when you do that you take complete ownership of your life you just feel more powerful you feel more in control and um I feel like me writing all that stuff out is, is, you know, holding myself accountable to a certain extent. And then I'm also, um, starting a blog. I started, um, this weekly blog that I'm going to do for those of you that don't know, I did a social media break, uh, for the entire month of February. And then I blogged about it. And then I have a specific blog style because, um, it's just what I thought. I don't know if other people do this, but I just thought it would be easier if I take my notepad, my notes uh, app in my iPhone and I start from there and I put day one. And then as I'm getting thoughts in my head about social media, um, initially I did it to track my addiction, to track how much I thought about it, to track how much it called me. And that did that the first year. And that was mostly every single day. This year was a little different. Um, after the initial like, first few days uh and i got into the routine of not checking my phone i switched it off really uh quick a lot quicker than um than in previous years i switched it off but i'm gonna go into that in a minute i'm gonna go circle back to the social media break um to cover that but 
what I was saying about the blog style that I'm doing is just writing these random thoughts in my head. So I want to do that for an accountability blog. That's the name of the blog working title. It's the about the accountability, the accountability blog. And what I want to do with that is just every single day. I'm just going to talk about the things that I want, like I'm supposed to be doing and holding myself accountable. Um, am I meditating? Am I doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing? Um, am I on point with going to the gym? Am I on point with my food and my caloric intake and not um, being a freaking animal and eating 16 Cadbury eggs? Like all these things I'm trying to take into account and put this in the blog and make sure that I stay focused and I stay on point because... If the social media break proved anything to me, it's that I can be disciplined. I did it the whole month. I didn't cheat. I um, I blogged about any time that I had to use. Um, there was a time that I had to use Facebook towards the end of the month to, to get somebody's information that I needed to contact. Uh, but I didn't check notifications. I, I like tried to keep my eye from even looking at that's how much of a crackhead I am. I have to keep my eye from looking at the top corner. I had to go on. No, no, it wasn't Facebook. Sorry. It was LinkedIn. I had to go on LinkedIn to look up someone's name, uh, and how they spelled it. And, um, uh, but other than that, uh, I, I went like the first day I went to Facebook to delete a flyer that I posted in error that had the wrong information. Um, but other than that, man, I was completely disciplined with this social media break. I stayed off of it and I had tremendous um, benefits from it. Just uh, I titled the blog defragging the brain. Because that's what I did. I defragged my brain. For those of you that don't know what defragging is, it's a computer term in your hard drive. Um, every time you save files and uh, you delete files and things, your 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 computer has a way of organizing its files. And the more you use it, and the more time that goes by, the more time, just like anything else, it gets cluttered. You know, you're putting things here. You you say I'll move it later, and you don't move it. Well, that's what happens with your computer files. So defragging your files is your computer taking the time to organize everything, so that when it has to think of something, when it has to look for something, it knows where it is. It's easy to find. Your computer should be running more efficiently. Well, that's what I did with my brain. Because uh, for social, for me, social media, um, the way I've been using it has been uh, as an escape. Um, the scrolling uh, to think, like, um, let me re let me start over. The way I was using social media as an escape was me just scrolling through the feed, consuming what other people are creating. That's not going to get me to where I want to be. Where I want to be is the person that's creating and you're consuming what I'm creating. I want to be the creator. That's where my happiness lies, not in the consuming. I'm consuming to get away from what I'm not doing. That's my behavior. So um, realizing that I want to completely cut down my cons my consumption. So that's another thing I'm trying to be accountable for in the blog. Um, like today I, I was at work and I was using LinkedIn and um, I was on freaking Instagram for a large part of the day because I was trying to upload a video that I shot in the morning to, to welcome myself back, but it didn't upload. Like I had bars, I don't know what happened. It just went all the way to the end and then I couldn't upload. And then I, my service at work is really shitty and they block Instagram on the Wi-Fi. So 
I just sat there all day and watched that stupid thing. Like I just kept checking it. This is my uh, phone case. I don't, I don't have the phone case in the in the light ring, uh, but I'm like all day, like just picking up my phone and I'm working. But I wasn't scrolling through Facebook. I wasn't having conversations. I wasn't in people's business, um, trying to escape. I was in. I was present in my own life. And that's a very key distinction from the way I was using social media, which was not being present in my own life. I'm present in everybody else's life. And meanwhile, um, am I talking into the wrong side of this mic? Sorry, I'm just watching these bars and the way they look. Oh, I'm talking into the right side of the mic. All right. Um, yeah, so just uh, my overall... Um, like clarity as far as social media from that break. Oh, what am I even talking about? I just started a sentence and even know what I'm saying. Um, so the, the break social media break, where am I going with this guys? We're lost. We're lost in the mud. I just lost it. I lost everything. I had a great train of thought and then the mic, uh, the mic issue just ruined me. And now I just have to turn the mic off and go upstairs and hit my wife. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to start smacking her around. Uh, might throw her down the stairs. No, that's stupid. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not even funny to joke about. That actually happens to Well, it is funny to joke about sometimes if it's funny. But if it's not funny, then it's not like funny to joke about. It's only funny to joke about if it's funny. All right. I apologize for derailing. So the accountability blog, I'm just going to do that every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll post it on Sunday or, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, organize all, all the entries on Sunday and then I'll post it to the blog on Sunday, talk about it on Monday and start over and then do that every week. So I'll have accountability blog one, two, three, four, and then just keep going through all the weeks and see where that takes me. Uh, I also want to write more for, I have not been keeping up with comedy. Um, I'm really uh, and this is going to sound arrogant, I know, but I'm just getting by on natural talent and charisma and um, likability. That's really all I'm getting by on. I'm not working is what I'm trying to say. I'm not putting in the work and the work is what separates uh, the scrubs from the big boys. The guys that you see killing, the guys that you see doing well, progressing, those people are not just getting by on on talent. You know, talent will only get you so far. And I say that because I know I'm, I know I'm funny. I know I'm naturally funny, but that doesn't matter. Everybody, there's a, so many funny people. There's so many funny comics. But how hard are you willing to work? How much are you willing to do that other people aren't? I should be at an open mic. I should be at an open mic tonight. I really should. And I, I failed with that because it's not part of my routine. And I'm noticing things that aren't in my routine. I'm not thinking of them um, the way I should be where it should be like just recall. Um, but I had told myself that I wanted to go to a mic tonight and there were mics tonight and, um, and I didn't go. I didn't, I really just did not even think about it till it was like quarter to nine and I still could have gone, but, um, I need to, I need to just go, I need to get to more mics. I need to be on stage at a minimum of four times a week. That's like not, that's, that's scrub time too. Four sets a week is scrub time. I should be doing 20 sets a week. Um, but this is the situation I'm in, and I am doing um, 
Uh, I don't want to say I'm doing the best I can because that's not true. I um, I can do more and I will do more. And I'm going to do everything I can um, to balance everything out. So, um, social media break. Um, the social media break. Everybody always asks me why I picked February. Like it's the shortest month and it's not the case. Uh, January was the month that I decided to do the social media break the month that I needed to do the social media break after the suicide of a family member that really hit me hard and set me into a really um, gnarly depression and getting rid of social media was like one way that I tried to help myself and that really did help I ended up leaving social media for the month started doing comedy and the rest is history um, just been on the books running so uh, last year, I don't remember. I don't remember what I got out of it last year, as far as like the momentum that I left the social media break with on. But this year, I'm 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 coming in guns blazing. I've um, you know, I talked about the New Year's Eve experience I had with some psychedelics, and um, uh, the mindset that it's put me on, and just the overall theme of the darkness can get me if I keep the light on. Like I, I, that to me, I get goosebumps just thinking about that experience and what it meant for me, uh, especially because of all the darkness that's inside of my, my fanny pack. There's a lot of darkness inside my fanny pack. I haven't rocked my fanny pack in a while. I have to rock that thing in the summer because it makes no sense rocking the fanny pack in the winter because you have so many pockets. That's the only reason I rock the fanny pack in the summer is because I'm out of pockets. What am I saying? Um, so the yeah so i'm just um i feel really good i'm noticing that the more discipline that um i the more discipline that i oh my god the more discipline that i exercise um the more structure that i put in, you know in front of me like the more that i do what i need to do and what i'm supposed to be doing before i do the things that bring me instant gratification the better i feel the more I do things that provide instant gratification, the worse I feel. Instant gratification sucks. It feels good instantly, but it's only meant to be um, like instant gratification is temporary. It's very temporary. But the hard work that you do towards the overall um, to the towards the goals or the things in life that make you overall happy, the things you want for yourself, what your soul cries for. That's what I feel like. I feel like everybody's soul, everybody's insides um, are meant for something. You're, 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 you have like a calling. You have your own talent inside of you. You have your own um, purpose in your life. And some people are really blessed to find that early. Some people are blessed to find it at all. Really, that's the case. If you're blessed to find your purpose, then you're ahead of so many people because there's so many people that are um, not, that don't know their purpose, that they don't know what they want that don't know what calls them, what makes them feel good. And the chase of that is what makes me feel complete. It makes me feel like vibrant. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like I'm driving a car, like I'm, I don't want to say driving a car. It makes me feel like I'm driving a machine, that I'm operating a machine that, you know, it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But the whole point is that 
me having the structure, me putting in the work every single day that's working towards my goal really completes me. It really, um, I want to say completes me because it's in the fucking notebook. It fulfills me. That's a fucking great word. It fulfills me. It makes me feel um, like I have purpose and it makes me happy. And I ha- like I wake up with energy. I wake up ready to attack the day. Like I don't wake up and dread like that's the worst like when you wake up and dread that what you have to do you have you just oh man that just makes you sick like think about that think about getting up for work that you don't want to do um you know just being surrounded by people you don't want to be surrounded by um all those things being trapped in a life that you don't want to live has to be the worst prison of all it has to be worse than like real prison because real prison you can get out of eventually unless you're in there for life but well there's a clear path how about that in real prison there's a clear clear path on how to get out and i think like mental prisons aren't um aren't as clear so you feel more maybe maybe you feel more lost or something like that but just how I feel today um, and how I feel like over the last couple of weeks, President's Day was the last time I uh, smoked me a little cannabis and um, last time I drank anything was before that. And uh, I'm just not looking to 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 medicate myself um, because this stuff the, and it's not. And it's not the the cannabis, it's not the alcohol that I'm blaming. Those are just tools. Those are just um, tools of a behavior, right? So um, it's it's me that's the problem. It's not that stuff because there's plenty of people that use it that that have no problems. And, you know, I want to go back to that. But I feel I just feel like I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that that um, that luxury of being able to escape because I can't I don't. I can't afford to escape. I have to be present to chase my goals. If I'm escaping, that means I'm not putting in work. Right now, I could be upstairs playing video games. My wife's upstairs playing Resident Evil on the Xbox, and she's having a good time. Um, I just bought this new game for $1.99 called The Division 2, which is one of those loot games and gear-building games that take 99 million hours. You can just lose yourself in that game, just in this open world, doing things. Trust me, I got lost all weekend. But I told myself, if I do that every single day like I want to do, that's the instant gratification. That's the instant gratification. If I go right now, I could have came home from work, all right? Um, let me give you an example of, of avoiding instant gratification, how much it makes, how much better it makes me feel to put in the work, okay? So today, I woke up and when I wrote in my journal was that I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to... Um, Stay on point with my food. I'm trying a new carnivore diet for 30 days. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that at all. I'll be blogging about it, but I don't want to talk about that because I just want to do it and see how it feels and then talk about it later. But I had to stay. I have to stay focused, right? And I have a goal for the day. So I'm writing about that. Then I'm writing about going to the gym. I'm writing about going to open mics. And then I, um, I went to the supermarket at lunchtime. I bought some meats. And then I realized that I can't go to the gym with meat in my and leave meat in my car. I have to go home. Now when I go home, I don't want to come back out. 
I don't want to go to the gym. I knew I wasn't. I wasn't going to try to promise myself to do something that I know I wasn't going to do. All right. There's no need to do that because when I fail, then I don't, then I lose like integrity with myself. Right. When I don't do what I say I'm going to do. So what I said I was going to do was a compromise. I was like, all right, well, if I have to go home and I'm not going to leave again, I can't not do something. I have to put in some work towards my goal. Now, I really wanted to just come home. As soon as I got home, I remembered I had the video game. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to play my game. I could just go. It's, you know, I get home at 515, uh, 530. By the time I get, I could get in like an hour and a half of games until dinner time. Right. And then I could eat dinner and then go right back to it and play until 1130, 12 o'clock at night, go to sleep and wait, have to wake up at five. And guess what? Now I'm tired. I probably won't meditate. I probably won't write because I'm tired. So instead of that, when I got home, I was like, you know what? I'm not playing video games because I told myself I was not going to play video games all week long. And I was just going to, um, you know, get to work. I had dishes to do, I had push-ups to do, I had a podcast to record, I wanted to write, like I just had other things to do, and um, and I didn't play video games, and I, like, I, I love video games, but I feel so much better, because at the end, when I'm done playing video games, you know what I'm going to think about? Once I come back to reality, I'm going to think about all the things that I should have been doing that I didn't do, because I was chasing that instant nut. That quick nut, that's what I was chasing. And I mean, quick nuts are fun, but they don't, quick nuts don't provide you a family. Well, I mean, they could provide you a family that you don't want. <laughs> then you're back at the aborto clinic. Um, I've never been there, by the way. Um, anyway, um, what was I saying? So you just, it just makes me feel better to, to get my uh, my stuff done, to get my work done, not procrastinate, um, and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel more in control. It makes me feel productive, and it and it helps my self esteem. Like every time I I you know like I don't know if anybody's ever thought of this, and I really never thought of it like this either. But when you break your word to yourself, like you're ruining your own self esteem. You don't trust yourself, and now you start looking at yourself less. That's when that dialogue starts happening. Happening, it starts happening when that dialogue starts happening in your head, where you're like, you're just shit on yourself because you don't respect yourself. So when you're not keeping your word, if you're gonna say you do something, do it. And then I was, um, there was this. TikTok psychologist, she's, I don't know, she's not a TikTok psychologist, she's a psychologist on TikTok, and she put that um, uh, rebuilding the trust with yourself is is key, so that means setting small goals, um, telling yourself you're going to do, like, you know, small things that you can build that, that trust again in yourself, um, so I feel like the social media break did that for me, too, because I was discipline every day i didn't miss any days except for uh, the 29th when i didn't have anything to write and i had a show that night it was the last day of the uh the social media break and i didn't really have much to write so i wrote something the next day and uh or i wrote something at night excuse me 
Excuse me. And um, so, what was I saying? Social media break. Anyway, it's just doing the work is what's making me feel better. It's making me feel good. Uh, so I want to keep doing it, especially after today and um, staying on point with the food. Um, that was good. I got my push-ups in. Um, so I know I know I didn't have the most explosive workout. I know I didn't have, um, you know, whatever. I didn't have the best workout in the world, but I had a workout. I did more than I did the whole last two weeks. And now I got physical therapy tomorrow for my neck and my back because the doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. Um, I'm just enjoying that. I'm enjoying... I'm enjoying being able to come down here and talk shit on this podcast, to be honest with you. I was excited. I wanted to do it yesterday, and I didn't. And that's that feeling I'm telling you about, because I was on Xbox all day, uh, and I didn't get what I needed to get done, and I paid for it, like, emotionally, you know? I just felt that way. So, what else is going on that I said I was going to talk about? Oh, I had two good shows this weekend. Uh, Friday was at the Station Bar and Grill down in Cranberry, New Jersey, Mike Bonner's room. It was actually the last Friday um, show there. They're going to move to Saturdays now. And, uh, you know, I missed all those announcements on social media and stuff. But um, I had a decent set. It went well. Uh, it went well enough that there was a booker there from Catch a Rising Star. And, you know, she asked me for my card. And uh, I don't know if she's a booker. She's got the... the the booker's ear and she's like i'm gonna tell him i saw you you're so funny and one thing i'm trying to practice um uh, that the the man gary v was talking about is taking compliments the same way you take negativity or criticism and just take it with a grain of salt you know you know like the person that's coming from doesn't know everything meanwhile i'm thinking i've that well, my whole set was dog shit and she's telling me how funny i am um but I was appreciative. Again. Excuse me. I was appreciative of the the feedback and it made me um it made me remember that you never know who's in the crowd because they told me that she was in the crowd before the before my set, but you never know when people are trying to fuck with you or, you know, goof or, you know, stuff like that. So I kinda just, you know, whatever. I didn't even think about it. And um and I had a good time. It was a really packed room. Uh, and then the next night, Saturday, uh, my buddy Clint Esposito, we had that show, Comedy Collusion, down at the the, the the Dojo of Comedy, down at Tiff's Bar and Grill in Morris Plains. That place is dope. Um, very, very fun room for comedy. Wow. Uh, very nice and wide open. You could probably pack, like, I want to say like 75, 80 people there. I don't know what I'm talking about. could be more. But um, there was like 65, 70 people there that night. And I hosted and I had fun. Uh, that was probably the best hosting I've ever did. It wasn't what I said. It was how I handled the show. Uh, I feel like that was the best hosting. I opened up with the 10 minutes, got everybody... Um, you know, ready for the show, started bringing up comics, and then I was doing quick, like one joke, like quick jokes, and then bringing people up, quick jokes, and then bring, and then one thing that um I was proud of is that one of the comics had like a funny Jesus shirt or a funny religious shirt or something, so I used that shirt, like talking about that shirt to segue into one of my quick jokes, and then, um, you know, bringing the next comic up. Uh, I think that's important for a comedy show because 
uh, hosts that do too much time in between each comic really makes the show drag out. And uh, had I done that, the show, like we were getting at the end right before uh, Chips Cooney was about to get on and Chips was like, I hope they're not tired. That's uh, something you you worry about is the longer the show goes on, the more fatigued the audience gets. So that's why 90 minutes is a really good um it's a really good time. 90 minutes is a good time for uh, a comedy show. Uh, much longer than that. I feel like right after 90 minutes, you kind of start to lose them. Unless you're crushing. Unless there's somebody there that's like really, really um, has the attention of the people. Then you start to lose them. So, you know, a lot of the comedy shows I'm on or the level that I'm on is, you know, it's not the highest level. I mean, we put on decent shows. We put on a good show. You know, those people got their money's worth, uh, people that paid in advance, 15 bucks, 20 at the door. That was, um, you got your money's worth. You had a nice dinner and Chips is hilarious. All the comics were hilarious. Jitten, Jitten Not All was a comic I met on um, on Saturday and he was really funny. He's the comic that had the religious shirt and uh, that I played off of. I think I'm getting tired. I want to keep yawning. It's so stupid. Meanwhile, this chair is going to break. Um, so, yeah, that guy, that guy was really funny. And I had a good time that night. Got paid. Um, that's another reason why I'm off the <laughs> off the park. Because I can't afford it. Um, just making dumb decisions with money. Driving. Again, that's driving for the instant gratification instead of going for the long term. I don't know why I said driving, but going for like the instant gratification rather than the long term goals. You're short I was short sighted. So I made short short sighted decisions. This is ridiculous. Making short sighted decisions making short sighted decisions um made me neglect my long term goals. So that's another read. That's how it actually started. When I was just like, oh, I just need to take a break for a little while, get my money right now. And then um, then it just snowballed into I'm going to change everything and um, attacking it. Just attacking everything head on. That's the the main, main topic. That's going to be the title, too. The darkness can't get in if you keep the light on. That's a long title. It's not going to be the title of the podcast, but um, keeping darkness out. That's what it'll be keeping the darkness out because that's what I'm doing at the end of the day I feel like that's what we're all doing that's what everybody in the world is doing is trying to keep the darkness out uh everybody's darkness is different dark the ultimate darkness is death and then everybody's trying to keep that well not everybody that little fucking munchkin kid he wasn't trying to keep the fucking darkness out that kid was welcoming the darkness in did you see that on the news that poor little bastard he was like upset that um, they were bullying him. He's like a little dwarf kid, and he was complaining. His mom was videotaping him crying when he came home from school. He was really upset and saying he wanted to kill himself, and he was asking for a knife. And boy, the first thing I thought was like, yo, if I did that to my mom, she would have whooped my ass right there. She would have whooped the suicidal thoughts right out of me and then brought me down to school to fight. Uh, that's, you know, what's the, the difference? And I'm not saying that's, that's the answer for that kid because he probably would have got his ass kicked. He's a little person. But there's something in um, not letting your kid pity himself. Not letting your kid go down that 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 hole. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I just wrote a blog about uh, my daughter telling me. My daughter's five years old. She told me that she's being bullied, and she said some girl was bullying her. And then, it, like, it ended up not being like a. She wasn't really being bullied. She's five years old. What do kids? know about bullying at five years old but that's what caught me was like she's five years old and she said this girl's bullying her and then when i talked to her about it the girl just had said that um she liked or that she was jealous of isabella's clothes because she didn't have it like that's what she thought bullying was and that's like a backhanded compliment i don't know how you girls roll but i told her that you know don't worry about that stuff and you know the only person's opinion that matters is your mind and your mother's that's it um but I wrote about that. You could check that out. Blog, com. Main page, just scroll down to the little Asian girl and she'll tell you all about, um, she'll tell you all about herself. And um, just real quick, trying to bring something up here because I always get distracted. Um, so, yeah, that little kid was getting bullied and then uh, Brad Williams stepped up, that little guy stepped up and he raised money on a GoFundMe to get that kid to Disney World and then the kid didn't want to go to Disney World. He wants to like spend the money on some other charities. And I'm like, bro, I didn't donate money for you to fucking spend it on other charities. I've donated money to bring your little ass to fucking Disneyland and get on it's the small world ride over and over again until you appreciate your fucking height. All right. Then the advantages that it brings you. Do you know you could just eat pussy standing up, you little fuck? That's what they, you just eat pussy standing up, you little shit. So do it. Um, I don't know why I went down that route, guys. Um, yeah. All right. Let's pay some bills real quick before we go any further. All right. For your pool table needs, you know who you need to call, baby. You need to call the A team with 15 years of experience in the billiards industry. William Jr. has been the owner of A team pool table services and they specialize in spreading their expertise all over the tri-state area. I don't know what that means. That sounds a little kind of kind of a little weird. Spreading the seed, Johnny Appleseed. William's always held an interest in the mechanics of how things work and what makes them not work. His profession is not only a business, but it will continue to earn the A team an impressive reputation in the billiards industry all right 18 pool tables the number one company in pool table repair in the new jersey tri-state area whether you need your table refurbished refelted or relocated the a-team uses more than 15 years experience in pool table repair in new jersey to offer top-notch customer service and high quality work I know it because he's always posting the pictures of his little testimonials. Anytime a customer sends him a text that he's doing such a great job, he has to post it. So if you go on his Instagram, you'll see all just posts of pictures of, of customers bigging him up. And he's always doing celebrity stuff. He's all over the place. He offers pool table maintenance and moving services in Westchester County, Long Island, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. 18 pool table services specializes in one-piece slate, coin-operated, and antique pool tables. They cater to northern New Jersey, Westchester County, and all five boroughs of New York and New York City and Long Island. They do new and used pool table assembly, pool table moving and relocation. Who's going to move that table for you? You? You're going to pick that table up? You know how many times we've gone to people's houses and their fucking pool tables is on the side and their legs are broken because they tried to move them. Don't move pool tables on your own. 
All right, you dummy, call professionals, call the A-team. All right, they're the tri-state area's number one pool table service company, and they're dedicated to setting the highest standards in the industry. They're going to deliver quality service to you during every step of the process, whether you need your pool table moved or not. If you don't need your pool table moved, they don't care. They're going to come to your house. They're going to move that shit anyway. I'm just kidding. They won't. They'll do what you, what you tell them to do. That's what you pay them for. All right, so remember, when you need your pool table refelting services in New Jersey or New York, you call the A-team. Dun, 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 dun. Don't don't fucking play that because that's copyrighted. That's not that A team. It's a different A team. They're not gonna come shoot your house up with guns. They're gonna come shoot your house up with staple guns and do that cloth real nice and tight. It's gonna look beautiful. All right. So make sure you call the A team when you need your pool table done. All right. That's njnypooltableservice.com. Again, that's njnypooltableservice.com or call today 201-538-5428. Again, that's 201-538-5428. The A-Team. Paying some bills for my boy Billy. Um, my boy Billy owns a pool table company, so I'm going to throw him a shout-out. He's a sponsor of the podcast because he's always hooking me up. So let me wrap this bitch up so I can go upstairs and watch my wife uh, play some video games. Uh, now that I did some work, I can go enjoy myself, guys. I can go enjoy myself because I put in the work. I sat down here. I didn't like. It's not that I don't want to come down here and do this. I love this. This was awesome. I just had a great forty-five minutes. Just flew back like this. This was a lot of fun. However, it's getting down here, <laughs> getting up off the couch. I don't know why that's like the worst thing in the world. Why that's so hard. Um, but uh, I did it. And we got the podcast in, and um, I feel good about it, guys. So I'm going to wrap up with that. I just want you to know that instant gratification is temporary, and you don't need that shit. All right, You need that long-term. You need that long-term gratification, and that only comes with putting in the work and, um, and chasing after it. And if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what your passion is, man, just keep trying shit. Just keep trying shit. I, just keep trying. I can't tell you how many jobs I've had, how many hobbies I've had, how many ideas I had. My wife must think I'm like Ralph Cramden with all these ideas. And now I'm on this new stupid diet and shit. Yeah. So whatever. Keep trying things. Keep trying things and find things that make you happy. And when they don't work out, don't judge yourself. Don't look back and dwell on what you could have done or what you should have done. I do that all the time. One of the main things I dwell on now is what if I started comedy earlier? What I wish I would have started comedy at 25, you know, when I see my young friends move into the city and stuff. But it's it's all, there's purpose to everything. I don't know. If you believe in a higher power, if you believe in all that stuff, good. Uh, I believe in something greater than myself. I don't know what it is. I don't claim to know what it is. I don't define it with a religion. Um, but, Whatever you choose to call your higher power, whatever you believe in, there's something greater than you out there. There's a master plan. All right. I don't know if there's somebody up there with, you know, playing video games, if there's somebody with a, a model, you know, house or spec house or whatever. There's just there's a plan. There's like a, a, a code to the universe and. You un I don't know. I don't know how you unlock it. I was going to say, I was just going to tell you how to unlock it, but I don't even know. But I think the best thing to do is keep trying different doors. Uh, keep trying different doors and keep uh, keeping the game. 
keep in the game, man. That's one of the saddest parts about suicide is that you don't get another chance. Death, you don't get another chance. You complaining about Monday? You complaining about Monday? How many people do you know don't have a Monday anymore? There's no fucking Monday. You're done. That's it. So if you woke your ass up today and complained, you were off to a fucking bad start. But if you woke up today and did the best you could and made the most of it, you feel good, and and you know you get you might get another chance tomorrow. And tomorrow things get better. That's another like if when things are really bad, it's temporary. Just like good, like how I feel right now, I feel fucking great that I can do everything. I'm not gonna feel like this every day, and uh, that's where discipline comes in because this discipline will allow me to continue to perform even when I don't want to. And that's where the champions play. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm out of here. Thank you so much. Uh, Laugh It Up Tuesday. Every single Tuesday. We're back again tomorrow with another dope lineup. And then, I don't know. I don't. I have a slow March. I need more shows for March. I had a busy February, but I need more shows for March. So I'm going to work on that. And I hope you work on you. Peace, people. <laughs>